All right, Abby, we are live on not only LinkedIn, but YouTube, uh, Facebook, and on Periscope. Periscope, that's still a thing? I, I think so. No <laughs> so, way. Yeah, I, I think it is. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's How's it going today? It's good, really good. How about you? Wait one second. Let's yeah. make sure I do that and make sure I mute that so we don't want to hear that twice. All right. Um, well, you guys know the drill. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Give us a thumbs up. Let us know that audio video is good. It looks like we are. Thank, thank you all for being here on all platforms. This Level Up experience. Today's going to be a really cool conversation. Um, I want to thank Abby Ferry for jumping on with us. So she's a safety consultant with Mergent and co-host of the Safety Justice League podcast. So some really interesting stuff to talk about kind of gaming topics as it pertains to uh, the construction world, which is an interesting dive in. So really interested to dive into that here in just a few minutes. But go ahead and let us know that we're good on audio video. Thank you all very much again for doing that. Carrie, how are you doing? A couple shout outs here. Carrie Nelson, how are you? Thirsty Minds, how are you guys doing? Thank you all for being here. I'm going to give Abby the floor for about two minutes to tell you guys a little bit about herself and we're going to go from there. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Chris. This is really cool. I've never done a LinkedIn live before because I just don't have the clout. So <laughs> maybe someday. Um, so I am a safety consultant. So I work with all different types of industries, mostly in construction and other like dirty job type of atmospheres, like um, heavy manufacturing, uh, but mostly construction. That's my 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 home. I, I love construction first. And so I do a lot of worker training and site inspections, site audits. Basically, when people think of a safety job, they think of, oh, do you work for OSHA? And I've never worked for OSHA. Um, my standard response is that I try to keep OSHA away um, from the people that I work with by having good sound safety practices and, and worker safety training in place. So um, I routinely am doing different types of training. And now with this COVID-19 stuff, um, clients don't want to see us at their job sites or at their workplaces. Um, often we are considered a, a guest and like a non-essential guest at that. So I'm retooling a lot of what I usually would do to deliver mm -hmm. it in a virtual way through um, doing video-based training or even kind of low tech uh, recording a PowerPoint and doing narration over it, um, stuff like that, just to help the clients get their their training to the workers and so they can still continue their jobs. Yeah, talk a bit more about the details of what's happened um, kind of to the construction safety training space over the last few weeks. I mean, everything has changed so fast. I mean, can you go over that a little bit? Yeah, even just little things that we used to do, like a daily toolbox talk or tailgate meetings where you have everybody literally gather around. And, and so, you know, we can't do that anymore because of social distancing. I mean, I used to give tailgate meetings, have people, hey, come closer, <laughs> I used to say. And I think that's something I'm probably never going to say again. Um, so they just from right off the bat of how you start off your project day. Um, usually you'd have like a pod meeting, a plan of day meeting where you gather everybody together and talk about here's what's going on on the job site today. Here's what the hazards are. Here's what the safety controls are. And everyone would be grouped together. And then they disperse into their smaller crew and have another huddle. Like I never really realized all the, the terminology and things that we do that it, in um, 
it inspires closeness that we need to be together. And construction is, of course, it's hands-on. We're, we're building stuff, um, but we're also very, um, we're communication focused, face-to-face um, -face communication often and a handshake, you know, stuff like that. And so it's really changed a lot about um, the culture of how construction takes place day to day, which is, it's weird. Um, so we're, we're battling not only the, um, the limitations we have on our projects, but battling to kind of force some, some quick culture change because usually people would take um, phone call or text or online learning and communication as impersonal and maybe not trustworthy. And so it's a culture change for the workers to understand like, this is what we used to do in person just because I'm doing it through a text message or handing you a piece of paper or um, calling you. It doesn't make it any less personal or any less meaningful. So that's kind of tough. It's interesting because we're, we're doing this this interview because you reached out to me and it caught my attention because you said, hey, I'd like to talk about how the, the gaming space uh, can integrate within the construction safety training space. And I really have never really thought of it like that um, with, with those words put together in the same sentence. I thought that was really cool that you reached out to me because that's what I want to go over next. Talk, awesome. about, talk about what that even means, what that even looks like, some of the tech that you've seen that's kind of been thrown out there initially and how that can help the industry. So with construction and especially with safety training, we kind of lag behind um, some of the trends that other industries might be able to put into place right away. And so a lot of the, the gamification that I've done, it's in person. So it's um, facilitating in-person activities at, in, a, in a training situation. So um, building learning labs with um, tools and materials and equipment and PPE that the workers would use and interact with day to day where um, we're doing these things hands on. And so there are some interesting um, tech solutions out there, but they're more of like a, like a gee whiz, look at this. You know, it's not like it's a, a fully integrated part yet of worker safety training. So um, there's a, a company called Sim Coach Games that has a suite of, or a growing suite of apps where um, one of the apps I'm most familiar with is called Harness Hero, where it's for construction workers that would have to wear a fall protection harness to protect them from falling, or in the case of a fall, that it arrests their fall. So they have an app where you work through different scenarios on a job site. And basically, it's kind of like hazard hunting, like you're pointing out the things that are wrong. Um, they have a ladder uh, version of that, too, where you go through the job site and you look at the different ladders that they have in the picture and you basically interact with the game that way. So it's it's getting there, you know, like we're getting there, but still when people in construction, generally, when we think of using technology, we think of digitizing things and also using apps. And so there are um, bigger software solutions and learning management systems that bring in more interactive and online experiences. But for the most part, people um, take like that low hanging fruit and telling people to download an app is pretty simple and straightforward. So that's really kind of where we've started. So you kind of see it still as a, as a, a one-off essentially yeah. because it's like, it's there, but it's not the resources haven't piled into it. Right. Exactly. Like it's not a fully integrated part of anyone's like holistic training program for worker safety. Not yet. What, what's the vision for that? What do you think it might look like? 
I think, well, I'm seeing with a lot of um, union training environments, especially for um, heavy equipment training, uh, operator training, where there's some really nice simulators that are out there. So a person could um, learn to operate a crane and get actual seat time in a crane by using a very realistic simulator. So um, as a safety person, we've seen these simulators at conferences and it's kind of like, again, it's like a one-off thing, like, oh, that's pretty cool. We'll never be able to afford that. <laughs> so, so <laughs> the dollar signs can start blinking. Yeah, oh, it's wow. expensive. Um, but I think as like more unions and other um, apprenticeship types of programs, if they can get, um, you know, they might have better funding or more funding or grant access than an employer would. And so by default, the workers would then be able to interact with these training scenarios and simulators to um, to get the training. Because when you're on a construction site, if you need to train someone how to operate a tower crane, good luck getting time with that tower crane that costs an obscene amount of money per minute, probably. I can't imagine um, the training costs. No, you don't get to train on the job <laughs> with that stuff. So we have to use these simulators because the downtime, well, perceived downtime to train somebody to use the equipment just isn't going to happen. The dollar signs are just too big for that. Yeah, and Ryan, I jumped into a LinkedIn chat. How's it going, man? He's asking that like VR environments where people can do tests, fire workers, for example, safety first. Yeah. Fireworkers. What do you mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah, but like you said, but creating those environments, uh, yes. the training would just be astronomical uh, for the onsite training. Um, and it, it is just interesting how, I mean, the last, just even the last couple of weeks has opened innovation and conversations, I guess, around things like you said, as a, they're, okay, these are just one-off training things and those apps are too expensive, but I'm sure over the last couple of weeks, those conversations have gotten more traction. Yeah, it's like, well, how about that? <laughs> how about okay. that app? Or how about that simulator? Like maybe now the dollar signs start to to make sense um, that workers should be able to interact with these types of, of training simulators. And um, how someone mentioned AR, VR, um, there's a manufacturer out there that has um, basically it's a, you know, it's a helmet that you put on and you, you see people at the trade shows and it's like, what are they doing? They're like walking around and interacting with a scene. Um, in order to prevent themselves from falling. So um, there's simulators out there that can um, give that same workplace experience and hopefully that that hands-on experience for the worker, even though they're not technically interacting with anything real. So how does all this tie into education uh, for, for high school, you know, middle school, high school, getting kids prepped and ready for this, for the workforce to wear, or even in college as well too, obviously, to transition uh, mm -hmm. into the safety training space? Yeah, it, it really needs to start young. I mean, I've done um, STEM superhero types of talks for groups as young as five years old so that they can learn about construction. They can learn about safety, especially for young girls um, to learn that these types of paths are available to them because we do still have a worker shortage in construction, um, even with some work stoppages occurring because of the um, coronavirus. So um, I think like the earlier education or the earlier experience we can bring to kids the better um, so they can understand these work environments but um, especially in like middle school and well even more so in high school um, 
schools are starting to bring worker safety training to those students that are kind of in like that VOTEC um, type of environment where they're learning a trade or they want to, um, you know, it's the kids that are going to like shop class or um, car auto mechanic stuff or um, things like that, where it's preparing them for uh, a different career path than going directly to college. And so I think that, um, gamification and, and online gaming types of things for those students. I think for that age group, not so much even the youngest workers that we have on the, the work site, but for those that are currently um, still in middle school or high school, I think getting them interested through gaming could be key. And by instilling um, some safety messages and safety parts into those games early on, it can bring that safety mindset to the workers too. So like I envision, and maybe it's out there already, something like, um, well, this will date me, um, used to play like Sim City or The Sims or whatever. So <laughs> what if you could, what if you could build, you know, like legit as an architect or a construction manager and play these roles in a game where you're designing a, um, a system or you're designing a, a high rise building. And as part of that design, you have to figure in safety. You know, when the end user gets that building, how do they then wash the windows on the skyscraper safely? Um, how do they do all these other maintenance activities safely? And so if there's a gaming type of atmosphere where you can build a really cool building or simulate building like one of those crazy buildings in Dubai or something. Right. Um, I think that that could be really fun for some kids. There's kids right now that um, through all this homeschooling that they have to do, they're just not excited by their usual topics. And parents are seeing that. And I posted something yesterday on my LinkedIn that um, gave some electrical safety information. And I had someone comment and say that she sent it to her daughter, who's a junior in high school and is actually taking some construction classes in high school. So now she's going to take this online electrical safety module and maybe she's going to learn more about safety. So, you know, anything that we can do for, for these kids earlier is, the, is better, I think. Okay. Here's why I love LinkedIn. I have someone I want to connect you with. Nice. Because Carrie, Carrie, what's going on, Carrie? How are you? Um, she has other connections in the space and she jumped in the chat and said, uh, live steam Academy or STEM Academy would love this. Uh, they have a construction path. So oh, awesome. you, you guys need to get connected for sure. hundred percent. So yeah, curious. They haven't reached out. Oh, Carrie, thanks for coming in. Good, good to hear from you. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah there's, there's, um, oh my yeah, God. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's all right. Hey, we're, we're in the environment of kids being home. So it's, it's totally, totally okay. But yeah, Carrie definitely get connected. Cause I think there's some cool conversations you guys can have. Uh, Tyler, Tyler, how's it going? Great classwork uh, for any architecture engineering class. I definitely agree with that. But I, I love this because the conversation has has went from uh, we talk about worker safety, then we talk about gaming, gamification, and then how that's mixed together when you talk about Steam and all that put together in one place. Because that, that there's a massive connection between gaming, esports, and Steam. Totally. This is a bit. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I like that you say steam because I don't know if everyone knows that the A added to STEM is for art, right? Yes. Okay. So I think um, a lot of people confuse, you know, construction and these types of careers as like super, um, you know, one one direction that you've got to be very mechanical. Um, but there is an art to some of this too. And I've had the experience to work with. Um, 
workers in the past that like they really do take that part seriously, that they understand that there's like artistry involved in this and and building even like a, a concrete structure can have like that artistry aspect to it. So I think um, just the more that people can understand about the different trades careers that are out there and what it takes to build a project, it's not just like, you know, hammering things together, but there's a lot of really cool um, design elements and there's um, a lot of uh, visualization that we can do, um, building modeling, a lot of stuff that's done on the computer. And so there's a lot of large um, general contractors, construction managers that are actually hiring people out of school that have um, gaming development degrees or or backgrounds and hiring them into these innovation departments that they've developed at their companies. So I think a lot of people just um, they're just not aware that there's this um, this whole other world going on at some of the larger and even like medium sized construction firms are understanding um, that they need to bring on people that have um, that technology and even the gaming aspect. Um, in their background. You made such a great point because I was having a conversation this week and, and listen, game developers see themselves as artists. Yes. Many times. It just like, just exactly like you said, it's not just the engineering side of it. It's actually the artistry of it. So the A in Steam is so important. And so yes. So I think it's very interesting. I think it's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Carrie. Carrie said the same thing. So That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, J Jason, ha Jason, how's it going? Uh, Jason says, what a great looking shirt, Abby. <laughs> hey. Hey. So Safety uh, Justice League. <laughs> uh, very cool. Yeah, they, they've already typed in SJL a couple times. So <laughs> I got, got some fans in there. Uh, Tyler, how's it going? Uh, since the US Army elected to purchase Microsoft HoloLens products two years ago, uh, I've been trying to get educators to see the real life applications of VR. Just, yeah, I just, mean, educators, school districts, uh, individual schools, they have budget dollars available that I think they just don't know what's out there for them and that it could appeal to more students than just the ones that are in like those uh, vocational tech types of programs that it can be for um, like students that are in like high uh, advanced placement math courses that they might, you know, get really interested in how they can do um, design for construction or otherwise support construction functions. Right. And like you said, there's a, there's a massive gap there. Definitely. And, and whether, like you said earlier, whether it's the money, what's going to cost to do this and things like that. But now over the last couple of weeks, it is forcing us, all of us to push on the edge as far as like innovation and things like that. For sure. Yeah. And we were talking about how we're both Gary Vaynerchuk fans. And so something I keep um, saying, the the Jasons and, and Nate will probably laugh because I keep saying it. Um, and now I'm going to mess it up. But it's uh, Gary V's um, three point, I guess, response to COVID-19, which is, what is it? Patience and something else and innovation. What is it? Patience, persistence. Persistence. Okay. Patience, persistence, and innovation. So um, I'm really taking to the, well, obviously the patience and innovation parts of it, because some stuff we just have to be patient with how things are going right now, just because news is developing all the time um, throughout the day. You know, do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? You know, what's going on? Um, and then also the innovation piece is, is huge right now. So, you know, while a company or a school district or a college may have thought, well, it's silly to spend money on some of this, you know, virtual reality stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, we should be spending money on the virtual reality stuff because we could have jumped right into um, 
to uh, instead of having client facing meetings where we're face to face in a in a room, like if we had virtual reality that we could offer them and they just put their their headset on and we can walk them through what's going on in the project, like they'd be happy. So I think um, the innovation piece of what's going on right now, while it's reactive, it's something that um, I think is going to provide lasting changes in every industry. And quite frankly, and this comes off maybe a little bit harsh, but the companies that don't do that and aren't pushing are going to be left behind. Yep. Like there, there is there is no other uh, side of that. Right. So it, and again, it, there might be some capital involved up front, things like that, but you're having to be on the edges to get ahead because this is the time right now to do that. Absolutely. And, 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 if, and if it's supply demand, supply demand runs everything in any industry, right? Yep. So if you if there's a high demand for this, right? But if most if most companies, a lot of companies sit back and wait, and they're just going to wait a few months to see what happens, they're not going to be prepared for when, nope. because it's going to happen just like that. If, if light switch comes back on or whatever, I mean, people have to be providing that that foundation um, with this technology and be ready to go. So Definitely. Yeah, it's like that merry-go-round, right? Like you, yeah. if you're not already on it, it's going to be really hard to try to jump on it and, you know, make it look smooth. Like you've been there the whole time. It's not going to exactly. happen. I have another question for you. A little, I mean, I guess a little bit of a shift, but all this is all interconnected. Um, so your husband is a teacher. I just wanted to ask, because I, uh, I went to school for teaching for a long time. My mom was a teacher for 32 years. And how is this going to, how is this changing kind of his role as a teacher and with the students and how he's interacting with them? Yeah, speaking of being able to innovate or just not be able to operate, um, that's happening now. I mean, this, not even just with teaching, but with really everything, um, that the changing landscape and how it's changed day to day, it's really exposing people that were being um, slow to adapt technology in the past. Like you look at um, the Zoom calls, <laughs> like yes. everyone's on a Zoom call, you know, yes. um, or suddenly they're they're asking IT, like, well, how does Skype work now? Like, <laughs> how is this? And it's like our companies have been paying a ridiculous amount of money for licenses for these um, these different tools for for years. And, you know, a lot of us like, yes, we were familiar with how to use them. So we pretty much just jump right into it. Others, it's exposing the people that never, ever took advantage of these tools in the past. And so that's not good. So if you find yourself in that position, like it's okay, because a lot of people are, are in that position right now too, but you need to learn. Um, you have to become more proficient with using these other technology tools available, especially for communication. Because if you're just relying on like phone communication and email, um, you're not going to, to stand out and it's not going to, to meet the needs of your, your clients and, and other business partners. And before we jump on the call, we talked about Discord a little bit. We yeah. Talked, we talked about Slack. What, I, what I've seen you know, the last couple of years is that it's like companies see Slack and Discord as kind of a one-off. It's kind of like, oh, we've got it, but we don't use it. Or I don't know what that is, and I really don't care. Well, now they really care. Yep. Because now that's the way to communicate, like you just said. That's right. the platform. As if like the physical world's cut off, hey, we've got a Slack and a Discord. Or one of the other, so that we and we have processes in place on those on those servers to organize ideas. Right. It's not just a random chat, you know, that's actually organized and you're able to do that and have a conglomeration of information that's that you need. It's, yeah. all, it's all there for you. But if you didn't have it and you saw it as a one off, where are you at now? Right. You're scrambling. Exactly. So I, I just love talking about this stuff. So many different levels of it and yeah. how, how the, the mindset is really shifting. 
Well, the esports stuff, right? Like, I mean, that's how we first connected. It was probably a Gary Vaynerchuk thing with the the Minnesota the Rocker on R O K K R esports team. And um, I think you were talking about, and others have talked about, like if pro sports teams haven't been able to pivot and like go to their esports and be able to bring their audience with them, like they're, they're going to have a problem. Um, so there's other ways to, to bring in the, the entertainment factor and keep fans or for me, keep customers um, involved and engaged. And we need to pivot to that kind of stuff right now. Right. And you see all, all of it in NBA has a players tournament. So every there's 30, 32 teams in NBA, each, each team has one player representing them playing NBA 2k. Oh, cool. They're doing it. Awesome. And, and they're innovative. And in the NBA, as far as the major sports, they, they, they shift and they're innovative. Yes. Because if you remember, they were actually the first major sports league to suspend their season. They were. That's they're, right. They're, almost, they're always, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it was almost like, what? When that happened? But they were, you're right. They were the first ones and, and they were right. And, and, and it's just funny how this plays out. But like, so they suspended their season. The day after, the Phoenix Suns said, okay, we're going to play on NBA 2K, the game. The next day, they said that. Mm-hmm. And then, so then now it's taking a couple weeks for it to be kind of a league wide thing. Yeah. But, but it's like, it's very innovative. That's awesome. And it's just a microcosm of you've got to be innovative. And people would mostly agree, like at the major sports, the NBA is ahead yeah. as far as engagement and things like that. So that's just a great tangible example. It's not just something people say that you see these the associations that do that are ahead. Definitely. Essentially. Definitely. So yeah, the NFL's come out. They're using Madden as a platform to use as for teams. They had a tournament last night. Awesome. They had players on there. It was really cool to watch that. So just so I'm, a, I'm guessing hockey is probably the last one. I feel like. uh, it's I haven't I have not seen the integration yet, and maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe I've missed it. Uh, it's hard to know every single every little detail of what's going on, but you know it, it is what it is. You have certain you have certain associations and certain leagues that move fast, innovate, and some don't. Right? Can we do esports with retro games? Like, could NHL get like a Blades of Steel thing going right now? I've got to get you hooked up with a Amuka Esports. They're huge <laughs> NHL 93 fans. Um, so yeah, you got to get you hooked up over there because there, awesome. there's just there is this wave though of retro games and retro esports. It's coming. I want yeah. to say it right now. It's definitely that's, so, that's how we did the logo we did all yeah, the like 80s yeah, and some okay. 70s children. Let me give you this question then. So if there was a retro league, retro gaming league, what game would be your number one game? What game would you play? Okay, so the sports games come to me. So obviously Blades of Steel and Tecmo Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bo, yeah, Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson, of course. That's awesome. That's really cool. I would have sports games, uh, King Griffey Baseball and Super Nintendo. That was a – I absolutely love that game. Nice. Um, that, that, if I could play that, that would be great. That would be awesome. <laughs> Madden, Madden – see, I'm an old-school Madden player. I'm like Madden 96, 97 on the Sega. Oh wow! Wow, <laughs> I'm assuming. Why well, it's funny? I had a I had a, I had the the club champion came on for Madden from 2019 actually. Mm-hmm. Pavon oh, cool. Pavon Lacat came on and uh, he won a hundred thousand dollars at that tournament uh, this in, in last year in 2019. So he came on and talked about his experience. 18 years old. When oh he, wow! Uh, just an absolutely awesome player. So I told him, I just because okay. I had him on and he's like the champion for for 2019. And I'm like, yeah, I play Madden 97. Like, let's play that. So, <laughs> and actually, Pavel, we got to get on that stream and we got to play Madden 97. So. That's awesome. <laughs> well, cool. Hey, other questions or comments, feel free to jump in. You know, we want to continue to make this a conversation. Uh, Abby Ferry, safety consultant with Mergent and co-host of the Safety Justice League podcast is with us. Really cool conversation on a number of different levels. So I really appreciate 
Oh, you jumping on. Let's see. Tyler, yeah, Tyler jumped on and said, when it comes to Microsoft environments, there are teams available for remote training to help organizations at no cost. Awesome. Yeah, Microsoft Teams. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting platform. Yeah, uh, is Microsoft kind of like coming out ahead with some of these online collaborative types of tools? I feel like they, you know, you see them on the sidelines with like the the Microsoft products for NFL games and stuff. And you know, most organizations they're you know very Microsoft platform based. So are they the the player to be involved with or to watch as far as our our tools for collaboration we should be using now? I mean, I think that, like Microsoft Teams is a platform that all companies should look at. And, and at least, again, you have to kind of taste it and see what it and at least see what it is. I think that I think the time of dismissing completely is over when it comes to tech. You've got to at least see what because there's because you know how it is, especially in maybe in an industry that's not as uh, forward looking in tech potentially because um, there's industries like that where it's just like, oh, we don't even care. Like we don't look at that. It's just too much. At this point right now, we are in this massive shift that will not change. There is no back. I don't believe in like there's the back to normal with a lot right. of situations. We talked about that before we jumped on here. So I think it is. If it's out there, at least try it. Like at least look at how to integrate and use. But yeah, Microsoft Teams is, is definitely actually a platform that I, I would think be, should be talked about more. Hmm. And it will be talked about more, obviously, with, with what's been happening. So Tyler, yeah, that's a good that's a good example. But it, yeah, it's, like it's Slack-ish. It's Discord-ish. You know, it's, it's okay. those type of, of platforms. So there's going to be some big winners. Cool. Yeah, I think um, relating it back to construction too. A lot of um, construction companies they've gone to like a like a specific software solution for running their project management software, and then so then the only other things that they'll dabble or even entertain for productivity tools or any other tech tools mm -hmm. is whatever can be bolted on to the system that they already have. So um, I've, I'm finding that there's some limitations there, um, and so maybe if some more things were more open source where it's not so much like we are Google only and so we're Google Drive, Google Sheets, Google this and Google that or we're Microsoft this and that or whatever it is. Um, I think if more things were um, easily integrated into other programs or systems that companies have in place that maybe they'd be more apt to try more things. And I think um, in the gaming space, like, like a Unity, a Unity platform. Yeah. It's more open source. It's going to be used more. It, it, it might be considered in the gaming space, but you're going to see the bleed over. That's what we're, that's what a lot of what we're seeing because yeah. in our opinions, like just in, just in general, I think the gaming and esports space, like it's all, it's kind of put together. Of course, there's a delineation between the two, but let's just call it gaming. Right. So the gaming space very, it's obviously very innovative. Yeah. And, and again, like there, there are companies that are being run on discord. Like th that's happening. That's happened huh. for a number of years. So like these platforms are available it's just, do you step out and use it in an innovative way, essentially? If, like you said, it's open source. Um, yeah. So, and, and I think there's gonna be more of that as we go along. So, interesting. Um, yeah. Well, very cool. Um, I did have talk about a couple other things. We talked about it's a little bit of a shift, but it's obviously within the construction space. What about real estate? Because I was, I've had some conversations about realtors and the real estate market, and how it's been affected, um, and then how this applies to kind of the VR applications we talked about. 
Yeah, I we're not actively looking for a home, but I was thinking about it over the weekend as we're just driving around and I thought, man, these poor realtors, like they can't do open houses. Like, you know, when you drive by and you see a house, it's like, oh, let's look that house up. And it'll say like no open houses. And it even mentioned like COVID-19 was the reason. And so um, it made me think about this real estate agent that I met about a month ago. Um, he works for the local Engels and Volker office. And um, the reason we met is because he had put a flyer in my mailbox that was like, hey, your neighborhood's popping. Do you want to sell your house? And I just jokingly like brought the mail in, read it out loud. And my daughter heard it. She's seven. And she was like, I don't want to sell the house. I don't want to move. <laughs> and so I thought, you know what? I looked at the card. I'm like, this guy's young. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess around with this for a little bit. So uh, I emailed him and I said, hey, my daughter got really upset about this postcard that we received. She doesn't want to move. She doesn't want us to sell the house, but she's a Daisy Scout and they have all these cookies and she would love to get her B2B badge um, by selling you multiple boxes of Girl Scout cookies that you could use with your clients, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he was like, interesting, enterprising. I like it. And he bought a case of cookies. So I brought them down to their office and he's like, Hey, do you have a minute? Cause you're kind of techie. I thought you might like this. And he showed me, they have a podcast studio and this is at a real estate office. They have a podcast studio and they have this, um, this theater room where, um, it's meant for clients that are local can come in and like put on like the, the VR or whatever, like, um, headset and do a tour of some house that they want to go look at in like Germany and they can make their real estate decisions right there on like this movie theater couch setting at this real estate office. So, um, you know, companies that didn't already have the access to do like these 360 virtual tours um, to be able to pivot and do stuff like that right now is key. And on the bigger scale with um, <clears throat> construction companies that are developers also like with high rise apartments and condos and things like that, same thing. They're completely disrupted right now with like being able to provide um, progress updates to their clients or be able to show people um, units of, a, of an apartment building that they might want to purchase or rent. So if they're able to, you know, film the walk arounds and, and really integrate AR and VR technology for their end user, like they can, they're okay right now. But if they're relying on in person that the person comes and looks at something, it's just not going to fly. And again, going back to STEAM education for the future leaders, of of our country getting them involved early i mean they're ready it's like they're, they'll be ready you can yeah. have someone that's involved and hands on that tech they're 16 17 years old they're more they're more apt to do that experience with with that particular uh person that's looking to buy or sell a home that someone has been in the industry you know someone's been in the industry 30 years who cares because it's all changed right if you don't know how to do v, like that that's a leg up that's definitely a, so if you have if they have that education through these programs, through middle school, high school, like they're just ready. Yep. You know, so that's, that's just, I'm pretty passionate about that. And I know you are too, um, just with your family. And, and it's just really, it's just really interesting with all that because they're more apt and ready to do that and understand what VR is and walk them through. And by the way, it's also also about experiences. Yes. That's how I feel what you just explained going into a studio, sitting down like in a nice chair, put on a headset or whether it's browser based or whatever, but it's an experience. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be, that's the, I think that's the next step in that situation where you created experience and not a transaction. Yes. You know what? That's, 
that's key. I mean, to really any of like the sales and marketing is that the client or the potential client is left with how did, you know, how do they feel? Not that they were like opening up their checkbook, but that they um, had an experience. So I think that's a, a great point. And like uh, further on that steam part and how the gaming and, and esports all goes along with it too, is that these companies that are doing this type of business, um, they have positions in their companies that are now like VP level, that someone's like VP of innovation or VP of insights and innovation. And there's companies here, even Minneapolis that um, have positions like this and they're filling their departments with people that have gaming experience, game development experience. And these people are developing in, um, they're developing online training for uh, the employees of the company and also developing those customer experience uh, applications for their clients and, and owners of the projects. So, um, you know, thinking about just the all the different possibilities right now through innovation, because we can't do so many things in person, um, it's just a great opportunity for younger people to really explore some different options available to them. No, it's really great stuff. I did want uh, take a couple minutes and talk about your podcast, what you guys do and some of the content you guys are making. Yeah. So we have the safety justice league podcast and the safety justice league, um, was formed <laughs> organically. Um, gosh, a couple months ago, maybe longer ago, it just already is part of my life. Um, so <laughs> I kind of forget, um, but the safety justice league, it's myself and Jason Lucas, Jason Maldonado and Nathan Brayman. And we all kind of have like alter egos a little bit. Um, but we bring, try to bring like a superhero mindset, although we're not super, we're just normal everyday <laughs> safety people. Um, and what we, what we, think we bring to the table is that people are really, um, they resonate with our podcast because some safety people, safety professionals are a department of one. And so they have nobody else like them at their organization. And being a lone safety person, I've been there before, um, it can be quite difficult. And this was way before the years of, of podcasting. And if there was a podcast like this back when I was on my own, I would have listened to it every single day on my commute and lunch break or whatever, because I'd be like, these people get me. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's not just... <laughs> Yeah, it's not just like safety nerdery stuff all the time. I mean, we're rarely talking about like specific safety concepts and principles, but it's more so like that human side of safety, um, the human side of our workers, because sometimes people forget that. And there's like this animosity between the workers and the safety professionals that just shouldn't be there at all. Um, and it's also been a fun platform for us to basically reach out to people that we want to talk to. Uh, so it's a little bit like selfish in that way, but it's good for the audience because um, I know like uh, Jason Maldonado, he did a really great interview with a, a safety professional, um, Phil LaDuke, who's a very interesting personality. And so the podcast was just awesome. It was a great conversation. Um, there's a podcast episode uh, we launched two per week. And one of the episodes this week is my interview with Frank King. Call, uh, he's the mental health comedian. And so he's a person that I wanted to talk to about um, COVID-19 and people having increased anxiety, depression. And what do we do if people already had, um, you know, experienced anxiety or depression or other um, other mental illnesses or um, of challenges? So it was fun to, to just put out the call and have people say yes, you know, cause people are, uh, they see that the podcast has value that we're, we're growing an audience and that it's a, a good group to, to speak to and get out in front of. 
And, and again, as soon as you say mental health, you know, I think of on the gaming side, just so, so many ways to, you know, people are using streaming and gaming esports as, as a way of social interaction. Yes. Obviously. Right. It's a, just another layer that's just amplified the last couple of weeks um, and using Twitch streams to just, just to continue the relationship with people. Yeah. I mean, literally yeah. that's what it is. And it's just really, it's really interesting to me how magnified that's been. And I think more mainstream kind of sees, wow, it's more than just someone watching someone's game. Yes. That's they, what people they, used to think, they, right? They, like, have oh, a, they, watch that. <laughs> they have a relationship with the other person on the other side. Wow. Yeah. I get it now. Like it's really starting to sink in mm-hmm. and it's so, and it, because it's so front and center. Yeah. And, and, and I tell this other story too. When my stepfather who is in his, uh, let's say mid sixties has now watched an esports event. That to me is hmm. a huge turning point. You know why he watched an esports event? Because NASCAR had an esports event because they have moved I racing. Now it's, it's E NASCAR Interesting. And, they, and they put it on Fox sports. It was on Fox sports and FS one. Hmm. So he was happy. Like it helped him on the mental health side just to get through it. I mean, he, he's, he works at UPS. UPS hasn't shut down. So he's just very just overworked right now. He loved it. Like he got to on Sunday, watch NASCAR when it, you know, he wouldn't have other, otherwise it wouldn't have happened. Right. If, if he's, the esports world didn't exist, he would not have had that time hmm. to watch his favorite sport. So it's just really interesting. It um, really is. It's more yeah. than, again, like you, like we said, it's more than just someone watching someone playing a game. Well, I should mention too, since you mentioned Twitch, um, so Safety Justice League, the podcast, it, it started and still is um, on a network called Safety FM. And uh, Dr. Jay Allen, who runs Safety FM, um, he's kind of like the Professor X type, you know, to our Safety Justice League. And um, he has a, a Twitch stream um, that he does, I think it's every single day for the Rated R Safety Show. So safety people, they can they can get down. You know, we can we can do other things. Um, you know, like fun things, like we're real people. We're not like super robots. Yeah. Yeah. We're not robots. Real, real books. Or, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That's cool. What, what, what's, the, what's the stream? What is that? Oh my gosh. Um, I have the Twitch app on my phone. I think if you just look for safety FM, um, okay. Okay. you'll find it that way. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, this is a podcast too, for those that didn't know. So we, we ripped this and put on a podcast to, you know, some can't join the stream, obviously. Um, di- different schedules and whatnot. So you got to have uh, multiple platforms and multiple availability for people to you know, have a relationship with what you're doing. Absolutely. So that's really cool. You guys are doing that. That's really awesome. Thank you. Well, Hey, this has been really cool. There's been so many different topics we went through, but the, the coolest thing about it is so many topics, but they're all connected in my opinion. Yes. That's why I think this is really neat. So I appreciate you kind of coming on and talking about your experience um, and how you kind of see gaming on the, like the business side of things. Like it's not, there's not this big wall now between, you know, that's gaming and then this is business. It's all the same. It's all together in the same ecosystem. So I appreciate you coming on and talking about that. And I think there's some really neat things happening. So, um, yeah. So I just want to say thanks, uh, Carrie and Jason, Tyler. Thanks for being here. Justin, thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. And I definitely hook you guys up, uh, Carrie, to get with you, uh, get with Abby. I think it'd be really cool. So, well, cool. Where can people get in touch with you? We talk about the podcast. Any other ways to get in touch on social? Yeah, Safety Justice League stuff. You can just go to safetyjusticeleague.com and we've got all of our, our podcast episodes are, are linked from there. We've got blog posts. Um, we have a whole network. Like you can join up on our, our website there and we can um, we can chat through there. Um, also on LinkedIn, I mean, really just look for Safety Justice League on, on LinkedIn, Facebook, and um, uh, <laughs> 
on our website. <laughs> and then as far as me, um, I've tried to like standardize my, my work related um, social media under safety Abbey. So you can find me at safety Abbey on um, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. <laughs> oh, you're on TikTok. Yes. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I ask you, how's that going? You know, I haven't posted in probably a week and I should. Um, the Safety Justice League, we did a safety dance um, yeah. where we tried to come up with our own safety dance and we invited some other uh, TikTok influencer types to join us on that. So that was pretty fun. Um, Jason Lucas, who does the Social Media Safety Minute, that's part of the Safety Justice League. He's really our, our TikTok um ambassador extraordinaire um he really like jumped in with tiktok and, and cool. is really into it and the rest of us were kind of like dragged screaming into it um, <laughs> so, so awesome. I'm, I'm on there i'm level up experience on there so awesome. we'll have to do, oh. let's do a duet let's do yeah we should do that i feel like that's like the for me that's like the lazy way to do more content it's like oh someone else did something duet let's let's do it together so i need to jump back in there and do some more um jason lucas actually for our safety justice league podcast he is um he's been interviewing tiktok influencers and so um look forward to some very interesting tiktok influencer interviews with jason soon very cool I, I see a potential uh, TikTok dance in my future, potentially yes. uh, that has something to do with safety. So <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be like, but we'll see. The safety dance, like literally the song is there and like the old school safety dance from the music video. You can do that or you can do your own. I'll find it on LinkedIn. I'll get made fun of it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. That's, yeah. that's funny. Well, that's, that's very cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. Uh, get connected with Abby across all the platforms and be on the lookout for the safety dance. So, go for it. Go thank, for it. You. so thank you all so much for being on all platforms thanks for subscribing and liking thank you all so much really appreciate it and we'll be on with another one here ne uh, i think next tuesday so next show everybody see everybody thank you thank you so much for being here appreciate thank it Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Just want to thank everyone who has done a five-star rating or review. If you enjoy the content, this is a way to get the word out about the Level Up experience, and I really do appreciate it. A couple things, if you want to get connected uh, outside of the podcast, um, we do a live stream on YouTube and LinkedIn. So just search Level Up Experience on YouTube uh, to be a part of the live stream there. We also do LinkedIn Live, as mentioned. Search my name, Chris Reed, C-R-I-S. R-E-E-D to get notifications on either platform. Thank you all for all the support and we'll see you on the next episode.